me tell you this morning, I, I was in here in the sanctuary and Heather did such a great job. You know, that the whole thought, <laughs> yeah, if you were in Sunday school or the Sunday morning hour, let's give them a hand. All right. Our teachers did a great job. But I was saying that Heather uh, uh, just was a great pre-sermon teaching of what I'm going to preach on today. And, and then Lisa got up and began to uh, talk about the talking and speaking to the anxious heart. And then Pastor Keith just talked about the journey. And, and it just seems like God has a plan for you today, as he did for me in being here. Uh, realize if you, if you start out realizing that you're not here by accident, you know, maybe you predetermine ahead of time that you're going to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday. And sometimes you don't maybe, maybe, maybe that you take it for granted that you're just here. But let me tell you, I believe that you're here and the word is for you today. And I could speak to everybody in this room because I believe that God's word is for all of us, especially at, at times in our life different subjects that we're going through can apply to us and really just change uh, change our destiny. So let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be in your house, putting you first. God, hearing your word and hearing your word and hearing your word, and the God that we get faith to be able to live out your word. Father, we know that we are so much better for it we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, as Pastor Keith said, that whatever gets our attention gets our focus. And whatever gets our focus determines our direction and our direction, our destiny. We've known that for years and, and we went through a whole series on that years ago. But this morning, it, with that in mind, I, I have a suitcase up here just to kind of illustrate that we're on a journey in our life. And if you don't realize that, you're probably about six years old, and there, I don't see any six-year-olds. So we're all in that, that we know that we're in a journey. And, and, and what's so critical is just in our taking an actual physical journey, uh, I know some of you travel every week, and, and, and to, what, what's so important is what's in the suitcase. Have you ever been on a journey and realized you didn't pack something that you needed? Now, then you appreciate Walmart so much better. But in, in our journey in life, it's not like we can just, in an emergency situation, run to a, a Walmart. It's very critical for us in our journey to have the right things that we have already purposely packed and we've done on purpose, the things of God. And that is guiding us into the right direction. Now, this morning, uh, this sermon has just, let me tell you that some sermons really just kind of sink in and then there's some that just, you know, that, you know, just has a beat about it. I want you to maybe this morning just give me grace and, and stick with me all the way through this message because you might at the first go, well, where's it going with that? But I promise at the end, you'll you'll know where I was going and we'll arrive hopefully at the same destination of the purpose of the message. You know, last week was Easter and, you know, I, I really just enjoy Easter and the message of hope and the love letter of just what God did for us. And, and it's different than just what he did for us than when I start thinking he did it for me. Anybody with me on that? You know, there's something about, you know, he did it for mankind, you know, 
But there's something about He did it for me. We talked about distractions. And if you were here, you remember the illustration at the end of the sermon of the, the drums and, and the beat of the heartbeat of Jesus and, and, and how Justin played that beat and all the other distractions of life that come in on us and begin to kind of make the whole ability to hear the heartbeat clear. And we talked about the parable of the sower and we talked about, you know, the path and it was hard and the word of God is the seed and it just couldn't penetrate. Some people are like that. Some are like the, the rocky places that the word of God comes in and it just doesn't have a whole lot of soil. You, you've seen people like this and, and by the grace of God that if you have been like that or even if you're like that today, you don't have to be that way. But the Word of God says that they're the stony ground, they just had a little bit of soil. In other words, the root of the Word of God could not go deep. So when the persecution because of the Word came, what happened? They, they turned away from the Word of God. It wasn't valuable. It didn't produce a crop. The, the third soil was the soil of the roots that went down, but it grew up in the thorns came around and choked it out. A pretty violent illustration when you think about it. The thorns kind of just going, oh no, you're not going to live. And, and Jesus said, that's like people that hear the word of God and even begin to grow, but distractions come into their life. And, and let me tell you, ever since I got this revelation in my own mind weeks ago and began to, to kind of put that sermon together, it, it's been in my life and, and God's been showing me over and over those distractions that come. Now, this morning, when you think about the roots and the, we talked about the distractions last week about the worries of life and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. And really, those three encompasses everything. But this morning, I want us to look at another passage and it's really several passages. And, and maybe these passages, you'll allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, over here. And maybe you're, your attention and focus had been somewhere that you go, oh, man, I didn't even realize that I had drifted away from putting my focus on Jesus in the will of God for my life. The passage is like this. It's found in Luke chapter 10. It's a story of two ladies, Mary and Martha. They're the sisters of Lazarus. And they. it starts out by saying, now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. OK, so realize it's is her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually. Seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually. Listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all her serving responsibilities. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and to do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered 
and anxious about so many things. You are worried and bothered and anxious. You are worried. You are bothered and anxious about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part. Now listen. That which is to her advantage. Which will not be taken away from her. Now let me just kind of do some. Can, can you do some deductive reasoning? Let, let me ask you this. If this was not to Mary's advantage. Not, not to be busy. Distracted. Bothered. Worried. Anxious. About so many things. If that was not to her advantage. What was to Mary's advantage? I don't want you to speak out this morning. And I apologize for this being a one-way conversation here from me to you. But I want you to think about it in your, in your life. What is it to Mary, which again would be to Martha's advantage? Now, Jesus is saying it's not to your advantage to be busy, distracted, worried, bothered, and anxious. So what is to their advantage? Well, let me just state it and hopefully you're there. To be seated at Jesus' feet and continually listening to His teaching. You can hear the heartbeat of Jesus when you're continually listening his teaching. Now, this morning, where I'm going is, I want you to see nobody is too busy. It's just a matter of priorities. Can I get another amen? It was to Mary, which was to also Martha's advantage, to be focused on Jesus, to be listening to his teachings, teaching. Maybe he was teaching. Have you ever thought about this? This is just kind of John Miller. But have you ever thought that what he was teaching to Mary might have been how not to fear? Maybe he was teaching about how not to worry, how to pay the bills. Maybe he was even teaching Mary on how to be a better homemaker. And Martha doesn't have time for that teaching. She's distracted. It's her home. So her mindset is around, I've got responsibilities. Now, let me just have you think about something for a minute. When we talk about not being anxious and worried and bothered and all those things, sometimes it doesn't go with are thinking of being prosperous, to, to experiencing prosperity in our life. Now, again, I'm not talking about money, and I am talking about money, but I'm talking about wholeness in every part of our life. If that's in our health, 
if that's in our marriage, uh, if that's in our daily walk and what we do and how we handle problems. Now, now watch this. If, if that's if that is seemingly God's system of don't worry, don't be anxious, and and there's something that collides in our life, and we go, oh, I just I, I don't know about that. And I want you to think about something this morning. If it if it doesn't go with what we seem like Ephesians three twenty that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the work the power that's working with it, if the Amplified says it this way. Now to Him to able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly more than we could even dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams according to the power that is at work within us. Now, now when we hear that, we think of, whoa, let, let me just tell you, I can ask, I can hope, I can dream, I can, I can, I'm a doer. But that somehow seems in John Miller's mind, and maybe in your mind, that it collides with then going to passages like Matthew chapter 6. Or again, Jesus is teaching and people are listening and he's teaching his heartbeat of his will and his and the word of God that has been written down for us. And what does he write down? Verse 31, therefore, do not worry or be anxious. Perpetually uneasy and distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Then he says this. Listen to this. For the pagan, the Gentiles. I don't know if you realize that that's us. Or, or who we used to be. Before the teaching of Jesus got into us. He says, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. He says, but do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of them. Now, now again, try to stick with me, because if you've read this before, you, you can check out and go, yeah, I know that. But stick with me, you're going to need it. He says, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. His way of doing and being right. You could say his system. Of living. Put in the suitcase. His way of doing things. It's to your advantage. His way of doing and being right. The attitudes and the character of God. And all these things. Will be given to you also. So. Here he goes again. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you hear Jesus says each day has trouble of us. Each day is going to be going, hey, hey, over here. Distraction. Have you ever been talking to somebody and it's very important that you're talking to them? Or maybe it's not important and somebody comes up and goes, hey, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's very hard for us to go, eh, I'm talking to somebody. And especially the older they are. If it's our children, we go, shh, okay, and we can do that. I'm talking to somebody. It's a distraction that gets your attention immediately off of what you're doing. Let me 
say this, what consumes your mind will control your life. You never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of success is found in your daily routine. The daily routine that I'm talking about is spending time listening to Jesus, the Word of God in our life. Pastor, did you say that if I don't read the Bible every day that I'm going to hell? I did not say that. Don't go to the extreme. But I'm saying it is to your advantage of living a life that is exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. So why don't we? What is the distraction that comes into our life? You know, in, when, I was, when I'm putting this together, I, I'm thinking, wow. There's some times that I'll go through life and I'll be able to not even hear what's going on around me because I'm so focused. My family, we have... We had six and now May came into our lives. So we have seven in our family. It's growing. But the one thing that I do know is we're loud. And my wife would say, John, turn down the TV. It kept getting louder. So they, they're not, I'm not included in their conversations all the time. I don't know what it is. but I'm, And I might be focused on something that I'm watching and now watch this I got something that really helps their Bluetooth headset and I can control the volume here now when they're saying dad your your hearing must be going turn it down well see I turn it up a little bit on my headset and I turn when they're watching TV I turn it way down on the remote and they go dad turn it up I said wow your hearing must be going but the thing is that I can be tuned in. But, but I found out that if I don't have it again, I can be distracted. By, well, let me give you my opinion over there on that comment that I heard that I'm not even in the com distracted. The Bible says in, in John chapter 10, and again, Jesus is teaching a very powerful principle. So, so just for again, let's sit down at his feet. Listen to what he says on this. Talking about the shepherd, the sheep, and the wolf. Now again, the shepherd is there to protect and to guide the sheep. The wolf has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. Not for the good of the sheep, but for the good of the wolf. John chapter 10, verse 4 says, When the shepherd has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him, because they hear his voice. They will never on any account follow a stranger but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers or recognize their call. Do you hear that the voice they're going to follow? Jesus says, I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved. He'll live. He will come in and go out freely and find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I've came that you might have. I love that I first of all have life. 
You can't enjoy it and have it to the abundant if you don't have it. But that I might have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance, even to the overflow. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. Now, now, the point I want to make out of this passage is they know his voice and follow him. But really, when he says when it comes to maturing, they're continually following. They, they hear the word of God. It's planted in their heart and they don't let distractions. The roots or the thorns grow up and choke it out. My voice. That those that are following me will hear my voice and they'll follow me. A lot of times when people get to the point where they go. I, I'm distracted and I'm not following Jesus. Well, what's amazing is they don't even realize it. They're walking in and God is saying over here, walk over here. But now they're distracted and they're walking in another direction. I think one of the biggest reasons, now watch this, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's the distraction of discontentment. Paul said, for I've learned how to be content in whatever circumstance. Remember, he, he's talking about it's being contented or contentment in his heart of being satisfied is not a matter of not wanting to advance. Not wanting more in his life. But it's the contentment of realizing and maturing to the place that circumstances aren't going to dictate to you that you're happy or not. When you're following God, there's a time when you have to hear His voice and the voice of God says, this is what I want you to do. And we say, nope, I know what to do, but I'm not going to do that. Now, here's where we're turning. Here's where I'm going to make the turn. Everybody with me? Don't, I don't want to lose you. But when the moment comes, when the voice of God we hear, and He says, follow me. And we say, no. Today I'm going to bring out the distraction of discontentment. And it can be in so many different ways. Because the system of God, just like what we're doing on Sunday mornings at 9.30, MapQuest, the direction, giving us direction in our life. When God gives us direction and we go, no, and we begin to say, I, I'm not going to, I, I can't hear that. We don't really realize that the thief has come to distract us to steal, kill, and destroy. Now watch your emotions during this time. Maybe right now in your life you're going through this. Now watch. When your system of thinking collides with God's way and thoughts, Then all of a sudden your emotions begin to rise. And I have seen people that aren't creative become the most creative people on the face of the earth with the excuses they come up with. It's amazing. If you're like me, boy, I can my my heart wants to do something that is not right, and I know that it's not right. It sends a message to my head and says, 
come up with an excuse to make yourself feel better. It, it, God's way of, of in our relationships with somebody and walking in love. Have you ever gone to a place that's supposed to be a place of love and there weren't people, the people weren't friendly? Why aren't they? Sorry, God, I can't hear your voice anymore. I, I'm too busy in my life or I, I just got things going on. And if we're not careful, we'll say, God, I'm not going to do that. When we get to a place where we begin to understand that it's in God's way of doing things. See, God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not. As far as the heaven is from earth, that's as far as my ways are. We have to say, God, I uh, can't see it. And I've kind of I want to kind of pull back on what you're telling me and do what I feel. Because, again, this is what I feel is right. We, we're singing songs in our, our worship time. And, and the reason we sing about breaking chains. That, that is the chain of, of we're just bound up by the way our thinking is. And, and the way that we're doing it. Or, or that to think of somebody calling you unworthy or you're worthless. All of a sudden when you're in a situation where God is asking you to do something. And you go, well, I just don't. Because I don't feel worthy. But when we don't. Go on what, as the song says, is spoken over us. What, what the feelings are or what our own experiences or our creativity and excuse making is, our opinions. We say, God, I'm going to do what you, your word ask. It's to our advantage. You know that when you talk about God's way of doing things, the things that are so obvious to the world are, are things that they don't want to do. They, they, they see things a different way because, again, even in the fact of being obedient to God that they can't see seems hard to believe. When you think about believing in a a God that sent His Son to die on the cross for us that can forgive us of our sins. You have to use faith. Which the world's system of doing things, because that's foolishness. And, and, and even people that are, that are kind of like the... You know, there's just not a lot of root system in their belief system for God. Somebody can just get them distracted a little bit on someone that says something, just a half-truth. Remember, Satan's good at that. And they go, I was hearing God, but I'm going to go a little bit over here. Distractions. Well, just be so subtle. But they can be so devastating. This morning, this wasn't even in my message, but during our early morning hour, I, uh, the, the person of Samson came up and I thought, wow, here's the guy that knows what to do. He, he's a man of God. He's put on this earth as a warrior in order to be a judge or a redeemer of Israel against their enemy. But he gets distracted 
And because of that, the enemy comes in and gouges out his eyes and binds him and makes a mockery of him as he's grinding wheat for him. They, they, they come in, they mock him, and every day they're, they're making fun of him. And everybody, everybody with me on this? Do you realize that when you're in the middle of life and you're on your journey, if you're in a place where you can take out the, the things of God and not use them, but you, you rely on your own, you lean on your own understanding, you're able so easily to get distracted on something that it makes sense. Everybody around you is agreeing with you, but they're not followers of God. Probably one of the most obvious glaring uh, contrast to what the Word of God says versus the world system, and it's so obvious, it's on the area of giving. And when we come to realize that God asks us to give our worship to Him, there's there's something that's inside of us that all of a sudden says, "Well, I'm kind of reserved, and I, I really, I really, I really," and we begin to pull back again. When we talk about giving our love to somebody. We're so vulnerable. So so we kind of, oh, it just feels, well, you don't know they hurt me. And all the excuses and opinions why I, I shouldn't be the first one to express love to somebody. In, in the area of money, that's right, I said it. I'm going to preach it like I want it. When, when it comes to money, there, there's something about us that Again, that we can read the Word of God, but there's something about it that says, that shouldn't be for me. And we have all different kinds of people that will develop their own system of why things like tithing or giving is not right. Or or they do it in a way that's not even biblical. I want to show you a video of all the different crazy, kind of humorous ways of people thinking about giving to God. Watch this. Thank you, God. 
I apologize for that. No, I'm just kidding. You know, there's so many opinions. And that's why the Word of God, we base everything on. What's amazing is a young man came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, can you help me? Because there's a lot of different teachings that people are telling me, and it's not the way that I grew up in this church. And I'm a little confused. Uh, what's right and what's wrong. And I said, the word of God is what's right. If there is anything outside of the word of God that has been teaching or been taught to you lately, that it's your responsibility to know the word of God and not just incorporate that into your belief system. Everybody with me on that? Because you can come up with good teaching. You can even come up with your own system of operating life. But I'm telling you, it's to your advantage to do the things of God. Here's what the Word of God says. And, and it was mentioned on one of the giving. But actually in, in Malachi chapter 3, it talks about people that have gotten distracted. And the prophet says it pretty hard to the point where they're like, what? Listen to this. 
It says in verse 8, Will a man, a mortal man, rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that they may there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pest from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it ripes, says Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, now listen, when, when I'm reading that, it, it sounds like, you know, God is telling them to do something that is not favorable for them to do. That's my money, they're saying. But, but I want you to see this. He says, when you do it, in other words, it's to your advantage, because even the other nations will call you blessed. And you will be a delightful land. God, God's people are going to be an example to the world because of their giving. Now, now, when I read that, I would think that everybody would go, why in the world would anybody not want to tithe? And the reason why I believe comes back to the distraction of discontentment in all of our lives. This is a time that when we get into a place where there's worries, anxieties, uh, all the things being busy and the distractions are going over here, over here. It, it really hits a, a, a sensitive nerve when it comes to our money because it sustains our life. We know that we have to eat something, we have to drink something or we die. We know that we, we have to have shelter and then it's not long until the culture again begins to speak to us, which is a distraction if it's opposite of the will of God for our life and to our advantage. And that culture says, you have to have, you have to have, you have to, and it, life would be better if, if you did this. And before long, we, we have put a new system that has said, over here, over here, over here. And just like talking to somebody and somebody comes up and interrupts, and we look. The system of the world is saying, don't do that. And I, I say, why in the world? Because then the next part to me explains it. It goes like this. This is the part that in my Bible says Israel speaks arrogantly against God. Why would you do that unless you're distracted in believing in your own system and not the system that God has for you? It goes like this in verse 13. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. And then there's another question. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out all the requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed 
And certainly evildoers prosper even when they put God to the test. They get away with it. See, what what they're doing here is what John Miller has done many times in my life. When when a a system of gods intersects with a, a system that feels better, because our culture says it does, and everybody else is doing it, then then what I do, if I'm not careful, is I get distracted on that and say, not too bad. I come up with excuses. They're coming up with excuses. All these people out here that are not tithing, nothing's happening to them. Matter of fact, God, I see all that happening that's good to them. Now, now, when, when that happens and God is speaking to you, it's almost again like, you can't hear the shepherd's voice. And the wolf is just creeping in and going, that's right. That's right. Because if you go back to John chapter 10, the wolf scatters and catches, snatches and catches the sheep. They can't do that if they're under the blessing of God in their life and doing the system. And again, this is in all areas of, again, prospering in the way of the Lord. God, it doesn't work. It's futile in serving you. What do we gain by doing all that? What is it that, God, you've asked us to do? But really, that doesn't apply to me because I, I, I've, I, I've, I, I've never seen it happen in my life. And comments and thoughts go through our emotions. We say, God, your system of giving isn't for me. God, I'm going to hold on to your salvation. And I know I've got to have faith that you are the son of God. God, I know that I have to faith that, man, you came to earth and was a baby and and you're God. And I I know I have to have faith. But God, I I know that the the giving part, I'm I'm just not 100% sure of. and, And really, I've got a better system. And all of a sudden, the distraction of discontentment or discontentment slips into our lives. Again, if it was to Mary and Martha's advantage not to be busy and distracted and bothered and worried and anxious about so many other things in our life, especially the things that God knows that we need. But it's to our advantage to Continually listen to the teachings of God. We just blow right through. Even when God says, test me in this and see if I will be faithful. And this morning you might be in an area that you really don't understand tithing. And that's good because if you'd in your mind, because if you don't know about it, then 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 I don't know. I don't have to do it. But just in other areas of your life, as I've encouraged you to be self-feeders and, and not just here for me. And, and some of you have every week hear other ministers and other sermons. I encourage you, if you're to a place where you're saying in any system of God, in other words, his way of doing life, is something that you're having problems with, check your attitude. 
why is it why is it that every time I hear about giving that there's something that goes off on the inside of me that just oh irritated? Well, why is it that when I when somebody talks to me about walking in love or not being offended that that just kind of bothers? What is it that the gauges of your emotions are telling you? And maybe some of us will say, I'm not going to listen to that distraction anymore. I'm not going to be distracted in my life on all these other ways of seeming like I know what to do. But God, I'm going to trust you. I want to conclude this morning by saying we know that the grace of God is sufficient for us and there's things in our life that we know in your pastor's life in your life and your husband's life your wife that we say God forgive me but you know it's the it's what happens after the grace of God that we say God I'm now a prisoner, so to speak, redeemed by your blood and free. It's almost unthinkable for a prisoner to be released from prison and go, sorry, I just want to stay right here. But it's freedom. The way of God is good. It is the best. He's given us everything that we need for godly living. And I just want to encourage you. Did you hear me? I want to encourage you this morning. In your giving, you're putting God first. I know that we can come up with an excuse to say, God, I put you first. But that doesn't mean that I have to put you first in my giving. I know that when somebody asks us our priorities, we can say, God, family, work. But that doesn't mean that we actually put God, family, and work in those orders. And so this morning, would you just bow your heads with me? This morning, right where we're at, and there's a point of, again, a takeaway, what we're going to do with what we heard that relies on you. This is something that doesn't rely on God, doesn't rely on anybody here but you. Of what will you do with the word of God that is spoken over your life? Father, I pray. The God that we know that when we're lost, the God that even if we don't know where we are, the God that we have to know where we are in order to get to where we're going. Father, sometimes when we get to a place where we say, I don't like where I'm at, Well, Father, it's a change in direction and time. It takes time, but God, the change of direction and time will eventually lead us to the destination that we want. And Father, we know that you're patient with us, loving. Father, I just pray, and God, as you've challenged me in this area of giving, Father, you have blessed my life. Father, I've never regretted serving you. God, in those times that I haven't been faithful in areas of my life, you've always been there to forgive me and encourage me to get back up and not give up, but to get back up and continue on. 
And I'm so better for it. And Father, I just want to encourage the people that are here today, that are hearing this message, that Father, that again, that they would get up. And Father, that they would turn their direction, their attention to you and put you first in their life. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.